Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Special ed teacher after struggling with Discoculia, Discoculia and the representation versus access hypothesis. You can be an accountant with Discoculia, homeschooling with Discoculia, and math anxiety and math learning. This is our podcast for week 22 in 2017. We welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and she's going to help us review the links for the week. Hello, Dr. Schroeder. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, this is uh, this is great. Uh, week 22, we have lots of uh, interesting links. Uh, the first one is a real special one. This is somebody who became uh, uh, involved in Discoculia, had to struggle, and then and then lived to tell the story, I would say. Yes, yes. This is a fantastic story of persistence. And it is on the website uh, Mighty, uh, written by uh, Joanne G. I hope I uh, pronounce it correctly. And she was struggling math in school, and in ninth grade she was uh, diagnosed, and then received help. I would say better late than never. Better late than never. So she was so relieved that uh, they now knew why she was struggling so much more than her sisters in school. Well, she came from the same background, and uh, these struggles actually motivated her to eventually get her master's in special education. Isn't that fantastic? And now she herself is supporting children with learning disabilities as much as she can. So here's a very good quote um, from her. Like me, my students are not worthless. They're not stupid. They're not trouble markers. They deserve the best. And that's what I try to give them. I encourage them to discover what works for them and try things that push their comfort zones. Every day, when they leave school with smiles on their faces, I know I've made a difference, end quote. Fantastic, this is really, really good. And uh, because she has lived the whole thing, she will be so supportive and, and also effective because she sees that it's possible to help those kids, not just keeping them in their system, basically. Wow, these are some powerful words indeed. That's uh, a great story. Now, our, our next link uh, sounds a little bit scientific to me. The representation versus excess uh, hypothesis. you got to help us out here, Dr. Schroeder. Yeah, what well, this is, is this? A, this is a very nice um, um, post that is actually taken from a poster presentation at a conference. It's an entry from the university in uh, Louvain in Belgium, or Leuven, like we say it. And they have um, done research with uh, 24 people uh, with dyscalculia between the age of 18 and 27 and 24 controls who do not have dyscalculia and matched the subjects for age, education and uh, gender. So the question here was that there is a presentation already uh, and it's at the Vancouver Convention Center um, that it make the point that um, 
recently a multi-method brain imaging approach was used in adults with developmental dyslexia. To directly compare those uh, two theories, the representation versus access hypothesis, uh, by combining measures of the quality of the neural representations with the measures of connectivity. Now, and that study revealed that the dyslexia in adults is associated with disrupted connectivity without dysfunctional representation. So the, uh, the centers were working, only the connection uh, was not active enough. Okay. Now here, um, they test this um, in uh, dyscalculia. And I want to know uh, how we can compare the two uh, leading theories of the moment that um, say you can either have a connectivity or a um, or a um, representation, representation right. issue. Okay. So, so now for the dyscalculia. In this paper they describe testing whether um, this connectivity issue that was found out for dyslexia can also be uh, extrapolated to uh, dyscalculia. Now, developmental dyscalculia is uh, thought to originate from impaired numerical magnitude processing. Yeah, and to date, however, uh, no study has investigated uh, the neural quality of these magnitude representations and their access in adults with uh, developmental dyscalculia. Okay. On the other hand, it was also suggested that the number representations themselves are not impaired, but that it's only the representations that are difficult to access. Okay, so the so representations the other, are okay, but, but you, no can, you can't you can, access it. Right. Now, in this study, they compared the two theories, and the conclusion is that their results indicated impaired non-symbolic magnitude representations, so size, mm -hmm. across the entire cortex with adults uh, with developmental dyscalculia, and they also found anatomical and functional connectivities differences. Okay. So, basically, both, both. systems yeah. had an issue. It, it could not just be localized to one brain region or to one particular type of brain deficit. So, it's not only functional or connectivity, it's both. So that's interesting. So they so they started out looking at which of the two theories is the right one, and they figured out, actually, they're both there. Mm -hmm. This is probably why there was research first for the one and then for the other. That's interesting. Well, I'm going to have to reread this, and I advise our readers to do that also, because this is a, a tough piece of uh, research, but interesting uh, to, uh, to uh, get acquainted with. Now, the, uh, the next link is a happy message. It says here that uh, you can be an accountant with dyscalculia. Is that true? An accountant? I mean, yes, who absolutely. Have, who well, it, uh, this is a very upbeat message from someone who encourages everybody to own their learning disability and make use of all the resources that are available and just stick with it. it. Persevere. <laughs> The comment is made that in accountancy study, there are actually no 
non-calculator exams. Oh, that comes in handy. So that is one worry that less. That comes in handy. Now, not sure if it would be an ideal career path for someone with dyscalculia, but following your dreams is uh, is the most important message here, and and that's what we encourage all kids to do. And I I also love the name for their website, Brain Through. <laughs> And we're looking at the links provided on our website, discoculiaheadlines.com. Now, the uh, the next link is about homeschooling with discoculia. What, what can we learn there? Well, this is interesting, as the story comes from the website Homeschooling with Dyslexia. But, okay, yeah, uh, there's a big overlap, so uh, maybe they will start a they website, Homeschooling with Discoculia also. Sure. Now, uh, they review first the signs of dyscalculia and some resources and some accommodations that can be used. But I want to highlight this quote from the story that is, I think, very telling. Start quote. I have found that taking the time to sit with my struggling students during their math lessons, from third grade up, they use a computerized curriculum. And offering any assistance they might need, reduces the stress that they are feeling about the lesson. And research clearly shows that anxiety and stress greatly inhibits learning. So, do what you can to reduce your child's stress level. End quote. I couldn't agree more. Very true. And a calm environment and the right mindset that mistakes are an opportunity to learn um, is probably a great way to make progress. Also, please make sure your kids uh, are okay if they need some time to work out a math question instead of um, expecting that they know it immediately. You now know that they need some time, but you have to tell them as well. It's okay to think about it. Math is a thinking game, not a race. And if you'd like to know more, use our link uh, momsteachmath.com. Right, and that's that's where you have stored uh, a resource, not a course, it's more a resource mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of about 50 videos uh, with you demonstrating how to help the kids. That's a very good resource, momsteachmat.com. Now, the uh, the last link for the week, uh, it's a little bit about the same theme here. It's math anxiety and uh, math learning. So is that, is that indeed a huge factor? Oh, absolutely. I, I see it every day. Uh, stress levels and anxiety play a major role in math achievement. We see children who do wonderful one-on-one, -on -one, but have major difficulty every time when they are faced with a classroom environment or exam. Uh, and that is why getting the right accommodations is really important. So, let me go over the conclusions that uh, Cambridge Mathematics has drawn about this topic. First of all, they state that math anxiety is associated with poor math performance and the two could form a feedback loop and a kind of a downward spiral, the one uh, influencing the other. Now, math anxiety may be both mental and emotional and intervention should consider both aspects. Mm -hmm. Math anxiety exper uh, appears to affect a significant proportion of school and university students at all ages as well as adults. 
and girls reported more often than boys. Hmm. Which is not necessarily to say that girls have it more than boys, they just report it more. Yes. Right. And it also doesn't say that they do math at the lower level. Right. And now, why this probably happens is that math anxiety affects working memory. And you need a good working memory to do math. Right. So, addressing the anxiety and providing strategies to control it, uh, control it may be effective uh, to help with working memory. And that will... Uh, spill over into uh, math activities. Okay. Now, teachers, and actually was not mentioned here, but we also know uh, from other posts that parents with math anxiety may transmit it to their kids. Teachers who experience math anxiety may transmit it to pupils. Be careful what you say about math yeah. and your body language. And then the use of manipulatives when planning may help to reduce math anxiety for teachers and their students. Now, it's a major issue and an area that gets very often overlooked, unfortunately. Well, yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's a, it's a good uh, good list that you uh, just read here. It really encourages uh, us and, and, and all of our calculic uh, uh, children. Well, thanks for that. Uh, those were the links. As always, we hope to see you back next week. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of Discoculia Services. You can follow her on Twitter and on Facebook. She maintains boards both on Pinterest and on Flipboard. And she runs five free webinars. And all the information about that is on webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. Now, if you want to know if you or your child has Discoculia, you can do the free Discoculia screener on our website, discoculiaservices.com, or get a more comprehensive math and Discoculia screening test at discoculiatesting.com. Finally, Dr. Schroeder's ebooks are available on Amazon and you can find the link on shop.discoculiaservices.com or go to Amazon and search for Dr. Schroeder. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.